Attention homos and homettes, the train to the Rainbow Rewatch is officially leaving the station. Please keep your hands, feet, flip phones, and webkins inside the vehicle at all times. If you're not gay, now you are. Congratulations. Get ready in five, four, <laughs> did I scare you? Good. My name is Daniel. And my name is Liliana. And today on the Rainbow Rewatch, we will be re-examining Juno and ask the question, was this movie actually any good? Is it any good? <laughs> um, no. Yeah, no. Uh, no, actually, I'm lying. That was a lie, audience. Don't trust me. Um, I actually Fake really ho? enjoyed Juno. I, you know what? I seem to have a very distinct memory of me not liking this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, do you remember those 300 channels? Like, yes. like HBO used to have like the 300 channels, which would just like play movies. Yeah. I feel like I saw this on that channel. Right. Alongside like Rent, which was always on Rent for was some always on reason. Over kids. Always. But um, I remember not liking it very much and I was not very excited to watch this, mm-hmm. but it kind of it really really was a good movie mm-hmm. it made me happy i laughed i was mm-hmm. n- i was super nostalgic oh yeah. this is such a nostalgic mid-2000s movie um and it was really emotional yeah i think i also didn't love it as a kid and i think part of it was i was so confused i didn't really understand what was happening Dude. i watched it when i was very young oh and you know i'm literally having like an epiphany right now I remember. Do you remember those parody movies? Yes, the, the are, scary like, movies of like random other movies, like epic movie. Yeah, like epic movie. I remember there was one with Juno. No, and and Alvin and the Chipmunks. And I'm pretty sure Alvin and the Chipmunks eat Juno's baby while it's in her. And I went to the bathroom at the movie theater. I literally oh. left. And I threw up. And I went back and I was like, hey, I was like, hey, dad, I'm back. No, nothing happened. Just nothing happened. No, no, nothing happened. What the actual <laughs> fuck? How I, did I not know about this movie? <laughs> no, I literally need to hunt down this movie and then maybe you can watch it. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I mean, we will. We have yeah. to. That oh, no means yes, we will. But yes. what the fuck, Liliana? Those yeah. movies were crazy. The only one I remember is obviously the scary movies and epic movie. Mm. Was epic movie the one where Emma Watson plays herself? I don't remember. That I was like the Narnia one. Oh, I the thing about these these were gay awakenings for me Ooh. because I remember being because like they were so raunchy and like sexual and I think I was yes. like wow like I want to be like abused by the Narnia boys for sure. There was some, I don't remember the kinky stuff. It was definitely with like the lion guy yeah. and um, <laughs> it started off as the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> Like, Please. like Please. Anna Faris. Anna Faris was the girl in the Da Vinci Code. Who I love. She's obsessed with her. She's so good in these movies. Um, <laughs> Oh, my God. And then it, I, I, all I remember is, like, the the witch character from Narnia mm-hmm. turns into the octopus man from Pirates of the Caribbean. And, like, Please. they do, like, a, like a DJ battle thing. Uh-huh. I, disgusting. Those movies creep me out they get under my skin no it's no same it literally made me throw out for example yeah <laughs> chipmunks eating juno's baby but that did not happen in this film uh-huh. <laughs> this was a normal <laughs> film um but so really good i think why we didn't like it as children is because it was so it's a very slow yeah. introspective movie it's very funny i re- like when we watched it it was very funny had really good moments but stuff that i wouldn't have picked up on 
as a 10 year old. Mm -hmm. Like I just wouldn't have, I, I, I want something funnier than like, you know, her awkwardly bumbling her hamburger phone or yeah. something like that. Her, the nuance of her making an abortion appointment on a hamburger phone <laughs> is unparalleled, and you can't pick up on that when you're a kid. Absolutely. I missed all of it. Um, yeah. Shall you give us a synopsis, my love? Oh, yes, sir. Okay. Um, call me daddy. Oh, hey. Okay, <laughs> daddy. Okay, so Juno McGuff faces every high schooler's nightmare teen pregnancy for going abortion she decides to be the surrogate mother for childish 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 childish, childish and you know what childless you know what you're right they are kind of childish they are 14 slip <laughs> um couple vanessa and mark loring the film follows juno through the hardships of pregnancy teen romance and high school you know what I just thought about? Uh-huh. There was no one in our high school who got pregnant. Yes, no, there was. That's a lie. That's a, That's a lie. lie. That's a lie. That's a but bold you know face lie. You're so right. As I said <laughs> that, I was like, no, there's someone. There's multiple. I only know that one person. And then there was that other girl in her grade. In our grade? No, in the grade below. Oh, could you imagine? No, no. That's the one I'm thinking of in the grade below us. And then there, was, there was two in the grade below us. Uh, My orchestra teacher told me with the first. I don't know. Your orc. My Mrs. Teacher, motherfucking H word. Yeah, Mrs. H word literally told me. I'm pretty sure. And then I, I told everybody. No! <laughs> I am about. I'm not a good person. I'm not surprised about that. You were. You were quite the gossip. I, no, I was the gossip of Summers High School. You were. You uh, were. So you were. You were a rat. She. I was a rat. You she, scurried around <laughs> and just like spread filth to people. Yeah. Next time we we need to do like a true high school movie so we can explain the high school hierarchy that me and Amelia made. Oh, for sure. In which you are a rat. In, this, in which I am. Um, a rat. The scale from uh, toxic mold to gold medal. Oh yes. It um. Is. But wow, you you are that bitch. Um. But there was okay. So two teen pregnancies. Yeah. I just remember Spatty Daddy. Which was a pregnancy scare, but oh, I think just yes. people being ridiculous and, and making two people who obviously had a very awkward encounter very uncomfortable in yeah. the hallways. Was that was the woman in that in our grade? No. Oh, I thought it was the girl. She who... was the grade below us. Okay, I thought it was Oh, I remember the girls now. I yeah, remember yeah, the yeah. girls now. I thought it was the girl who called for the genocide of the gays. Uh, for a second in my head. She's she built like a tank. dated Spatty Daddy. That's why I'm. That's why I'm thinking that. Who she apparently is nice now. From oh, when I. Yeah. But anyway, she. Um. <laughs> yeah. She. You're right. But I feel like every high school has like these pregnancy scare moments. Uh-huh. It's kind of like a big thing in high and, school. You know, I was reading there was a Juno effect. Um, no. After the movie, where a bunch of people, a bunch of teenagers, got pregnant. Shut the fuck up. And a parent. They quote, didn't get quote, the message of this movie. Yeah. Which is to be a teenager and enjoy it. <laughs> Which is to get pregnant right. when you're a teenager because it's so fun and <laughs> it's cool. The movie. And you get to meet celebrities. Yeah. <laughs> you get to be like hanging out with like older couples and it's like actually a documentary. Yeah. And if you get pregnant, you get a movie made about you. That's actually true. Okay, let's okay, fun facts. Fun facts. Um you do number one. Okay. this is my favorite of the fun facts. Um Leading with a good one. The pregnant superhero manga Mark references is real. So Most Fruitful Yuki was published in 2001 and received little attention. But I guess the creators of the movie were like, 
okay, the we're a weird indie movie. Let's find something, some weird reference to throw in. Mm. There's this manga about a pregnant lady who like goes around beating people up. And Juno in the movie is like, oh, this made me feel better. This made me feel less gross. Um, and apparently after its reference in the movie, um, most fruitful, most fruitful Yuki gained a cult following and was translated into multiple languages. And I think there's only one one edition of it, so it's really short. Wow! But isn't that so interesting? That's the Juno effect. That is the Juno effect. Yeah. Yes, so so like Mark, who is the, what the the surrogate dad to be, mm-hmm. and Juno have this like weird relationship in the movie where they like they bond over horror movies and they bond over like rock music and punk and whatever, which is all boy stuff. For sure. Which we will slowly be getting oh, into. Oh, yeah. Oh, T. Um, very subversive gender-wise. Right. Um, but absolutely, like, they have this moment where he shows her this manga, and it's supposed to be, like, a moment of connection. But I kind of want to read that manga. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, we should have read it. We should have. We didn't do our research. Yeah, silly, silly, silly. I love how movies have, like, an effect on the real stuff they reference. Like, if I was to make a movie... I would reference like the weirdest shit that I love just to give it attention. Right. Just to like, I think about all the time with like, if I was TikTok famous, I would just make dances to all the artists music that I like. <laughs> and so they become popular and then we can be friends. and can be like, yeah, I, I helped <laughs> you like become popular. <laughs> I am gonna, as I'm not TikTok famous, I have a good amount of followers. She's I'm an a, influencer. I'm an influencer. I'm a micro influencer. <laughs> um, and my friend Molly, um, Put out this beautiful song, and I think I'm gonna do like maybe a makeup tutorial or something. Ooh, to it. that's Just a great idea. Little, like a little exposure for her because it's such a pretty song. I love that. No, I, I want to hear it. Oh yeah, I'll show you after. Um, okay, fun fact number two: Juno's hamburger phone. She used. <laughs> can't even say that with a straight face. <laughs> Juno's hamburger phone that she uses to plan her abortion abortion appointment belongs to writer Diablo Cody, who I thought was a man. Well, Diablo is like a very masculine sounding name. Yeah. But as we've learned in life, do not accept gender performance. True. On also, Diablo surface. Cody. I know. It's Cody's like a boy's name too. Boy's name. Um. And if you're a woman, you can't have a boy's name. Like that yeah. doesn't. Um. The binary is real. Yeah. Your parents kind of messed up. <laughs> Sorry. He, she reads, I literally just called him he just now. Um, <laughs> Don't misgender Diablo. <laughs> she re- she listens to us and sees us. For, no, uh, not for slander. We, oh, libel is, what's the difference? I don't know. Lawyer <laughs> <laughs> to be? I think slander is speech and libel is press. Ooh, I'm sure you're right. I don't know. I don't know shit about that. Um, we already, okay, this scene where she makes the appointment on the Hamburg phone is so iconic. We've already referenced it twice. That is one of the funniest scenes in the movie. It's so good. It's just like so subtle the way she she like picks up a hamburger phone and she's like, I'm so sorry. Like sometimes it, like, it's really awkward to speak into because it's a hamburger. Like why did she tell her that? And you know what? I was thinking like this is such an intimate detail about this hamburger phone. Like you would have to have used it to know that it this. Ha- I was like, I don't remember many people having a hamburger phone, but it was uh-huh. obviously just the writer being like, I have this phone. I'm going to make a joke about it, which I low-key love. It made this movie very personal, like all those little moments. I don't think I wrote this, but also that exact same hamburger phone was in Bleecker's room too. Really? So like... I guess everyone has a hamburger yeah, phone? Yeah, I guess everyone has a hamburger. Maybe they got it... Because they're not... They weren't dating at the beginning of the movie, right? It was just a hookup. I think... 
So I think you're um, right. So it's not like it was like a cute relationship found. And Bleeker's the one who got uh, Juno pregnant. Right, right. Um, okay, fun fact number three, which I love too, um, and it's such a mood. The scene where Jennifer is drinking wine used real wine, which is very kind of unprofessional in my opinion they don't do that a lot in scenes yeah because of how many takes you have to do yeah so because of all these takes and because she was just drinking it in general um by the end of filming this scene jennifer garner was actually drunk right so jennifer garner plays vanessa who's the surrogate mom to be right um that's really crazy you know what probably they did that that was a choice because that's not they usually use like grape juice or something yeah or that, like Real wine and they spit it out. Right, right. Or something like that, totally. But that must have been a choice because they probably want it to be, like, looser and, like... It's a very emotional, messy scene. So I'm sure they, like, wanted to have different takes where they tried that out. But it's definitely very weird. Yeah. I don't know. That's not normal, I think. Um, Though, I will say, Jennifer Garner did so... She was so beautiful in this movie, like... Her acting was really great. She was very graceful in this movie, I feel. And she was very nuanced. Like, Mm -hmm. and I really felt for her character, even though I usually hate those people in real life. Like she's such a tryhard, but she's so she so desperately wants to have a child. And like she sees Juno as this big blessing, and that's why I was really rooting for her in the end. She made me cry. Right. I I cried at the end of the movie because I felt so much for her character. I related a lot to her, which we can get into uh, later. Um, next fun fact. Mm, I mean, um, Juno's message in Bleecker's yearbook was handwritten by writer Diablo Cody. A lot of self-inserts. Like, a lot yeah, of self-inserts. A lot of self-inserts. And we have one more self-insert. The last one. Um, Mark's computer is open to writer Diablo Cody's blog titled The Pussy Ranch. So like, wow, she really was like, this movie is about me. <laughs> I am a character in this movie. <laughs> Like, a, like, okay. In this, this universe. Exactly, I'm about to say. This establishes that Diablo Cody exists within the universe of Juno. No. Um, this is very Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to come yeah. together or something. Yeah. That's very interesting. Again, I don't, I, I, I would, I would do this if I made a movie. I'd Absolutely. be like, there's a picture of me. Like, that's my dog. Like, I would do stuff like that too. Yeah. But um, it's a lot. Like three of our five fun facts are about Diablo Cody inserts. Like George Lucas, his um, his I don't know daughter or niece or something. I think it was his niece is in Star Wars, is in Phantom Menace. But the thing is, it's also sort of like a continuation error because she's on an extremely poor planet. But this girl has braces. This girl has braces on a slave planet. Wait. On Tatooine. You're saying braces exist in Star Wars? <laughs> yeah, first up, uh, braces exist. Second of all, she afforded them. Yeah. <laughs> her slave master got her braces. I don't uh, believe it. I don't believe that. Unless she has a relationship with him. Yeah. Looking at that. Which, um, and she's 12, so. <laughs> no, no, never <laughs> so take that gonna, back. So, Daniel retracted his statement. Don't say that. Yeah. Please. Fully retracted. That reminds <laughs> you of Peter Jackson, who's in every single Lord of the Rings Who movie. Who's that? The Lord, director of Lord of the Rings. He's in every movie. Every movie has a different character. Come on now. He's like a carrot salesman in one. He's Please. like a soldier in another. Yeah, he's in every single Lord of the Rings movie. That's like Ed Sheeran being in Game of Thrones. <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> Do not trigger me like that. Please. Awful. Okay, I... Ed Sheeran was like the shit, and now everyone on TikTok hates him. Yeah, because he is ugly. <laughs> <laughs> 
And if you're a celebrity, you have to be attractive or we will destroy or, or you. We'll riot. Um, <laughs> also, I just was never, I mean, I was kind of a fan of like some of his music. Some. But, like, I found it very repetitive. Yes. And yeah, that's it. It's just him standing there with his guitar. I'm like, I don't. Yeah. You're not attractive enough to make that work. Period. Period. <laughs> we're going to get canceled. Well, we've been saying we're going to get canceled because the being marginalized group is uglies. And I already, someone already told me I was like, I was essentially uglist because I like came for this one girl. Okay, listen, God. it is a real thing and pretty privilege is a real thing. Oh, totally, totally. And I have it. <laughs> <laughs> like in this room, pretty privilege doesn't really exist because we're both on the same exactly. level of pretty and beautiful. Exactly. We just sort of exist outside normal spheres of attractiveness. But in the real world, <laughs> in the real world. <laughs> um, it's a real thing that people have to deal with. So yeah. I definitely think in 10 years, it's going to be like, don't be culturally insensitive towards so ugly, people, ugly people. Please. And you know what? I already see, I feel like I've seen a lot more people on the internet recently be like, not proud of not being super attractive, but self-aware. Uh-huh. Did you see that one TikTok of that girl who like responded to a comment where someone was like, you're so beautiful. And she was like, stop with this. Yes. Like, don't she... comment on my whatever or like it's yeah it was something with being like misogynistic or i don't remember okay um, literally shut up i was like just <laughs> just take it just take the compliment yeah i mean i i totally understand like intellectually where she's coming from mm-hmm. but she, there's no real argument there right it's like i understand that delegitimizing the pretty ugly binary is a good thing Please, but also we are being too funny right now <laughs> just take a compliment bitch yeah just take a compliment okay um let's take a quick break and then we're going to hop into something eames Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. And we're back. <laughs> um, uh, that was fun. I hope you enjoyed that commercial for the product that I definitely use. Yeah, that <laughs> we support and endorse. Uh huh. Um, let's get into the queerness of this movie. The queerness. The 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 queerness. <laughs> There's a lot. Okay, but... I think the first point I wanted to establish before we get into it really all. getting into it, before we get into really getting into it, <laughs> um, is uh, so we're obviously cognizant that Elliot Page is a man while this character of Juno is a woman. Mm-hmm. And I guess there are a couple ways to interpret this. One way, because like I know a lot of people, like a lot of cishats find this dip- difficult to sort of comprehend. Like, was would we consider the actor for Juno an actress since they identified it as a woman at the time? No, no. that's ridiculous. Um, when you're referring to a trans person, and I'm trans, by the way, for anyone who doesn't know. For anyone um, who's new here. <laughs> yeah, for any new listeners. Um, so when you're referring to someone pre-transition, I see a lot of cishats not understanding and think that thinking that like you use like their previous pronouns previous name when you're describing actions they took pre-transition but that's also 
flawed logic. Mm-hmm. Um, and dumb. And dumb. It's like, would you, if you choose to identify a certain way and live a certain way, would you want to constantly have someone be like, oh, and this version of you is new? Yeah. Like, it's just like, no, just... Like, my friend, who's, like, a cis-hat woman, my mo- my mother's friend, who's a cis-hat woman, when they were childhood friends, she went by Betsy. And then when she was, when she was, like, an adult, she was like, oh, I'm just, like, I'm, like, call me Ida now. So, like, obviously, it's, like, it's, like, the same sort of thing. And, like, whenever my mom, like, refers to her, like, before she was, like, changed up her name, it was just, like, oh, Ida, when we were kids. Right. And it's, you know what? It made me think of it's different for everyone. Like I think of Caitlyn Jenner, who likes to be called dad by right. um, Kylie and Kendall. Right. It's, it's a, It goes on a personal basis. But I feel like generally, number one, you listen to the person and what they want to be identified as. And in the case of Elliot, right, Elliot wants to be identified as a man now and always and in perpetuity. Yeah. So like. That's what we're going to do on this podcast. But of course, it's different for everyone. Um, But I feel like generally, that's why we say like, ask. Like, ask Mm. someone what they'd like to be referred to. And in general, I feel like you err on the side of calling someone what they currently choose to be called. Yeah. But you're right. I feel like a lot of cishet people don't understand that concept. Um, Like, I saw it a lot when Elliot came out about Umbrella Academy, who... He plays a woman on that show. I don't watch that show, so I don't know. Yeah. Okay, so I love that show. I'm, I'm um, sure. Vanya, they're keeping Vanya as a woman mm-hmm. on the show, which was a very interesting choice because they already are sort of... They made the character a lesbian, so I feel like it'd be an easy step to just make the character a trans man. Right. But also, like... And it would fit in really easily because, like, Vanya's character was, like, super socially anxious and stuff growing up. And maybe it's because there's only that it would. So out of the seven main characters, there's five boys and two girls. So I guess they'd be like, okay, we can't have one female character. I see. So like, I get it. I see you're going. It's also like what I'm thinking now is like, does it matter? I'm like, why can't the character just be named Vanya and the gender not be sort of like a conversation? Yeah. Like it, it shouldn't matter. And people were obsessing over this when Elliot came out. It's just yeah. like, it doesn't matter. Um, and there's so few trans men, I think in Hollywood and right. sort of like, I, I think there, there's, there's few that I think people can name off the top of their head. Um, there's a good amount of trans women. Right. Right. I think, I think that has to come down to, tokenization a little bit it's like trans women are a lot like you know what i mean marketable yes like yeah like they're not as much it's more of a spectacle i think because women are more like male gaze yeah yeah yeah, you want to look at them you want to be like you want to show off like this circus attraction like look how pretty they are right but And, and i think trans men like two cishet men especially like pose this like sort of weird threat same yeah. thing we were talking about with jk rowling how like trans women the concept of transness like forces her to sort of question her own gender yeah. i think that happens a lot for cis men you read the thing where she was like if i was a kid growing up right now i would be a trans man right babe that breaks my heart yeah like knowing that like all i don't know if she's just talking i don't know if she's just talking out her ass or for not. sure but, like, could you imagine, like, Jake around this whole time is just, just a man? 
It would make a lot of sense. It would why, make a lot of sense. Why the main character of a book is a man and like yeah. there's so many men in her books. And her pen name was right. a man right. who invented conversion therapy. Okay, okay, okay. But 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 I think I think in terms of this movie, right. um the, the what's really important is like Juno as a character and Elliot as an actor are different. Um, but I think the movie should go back and like recredit Yeah him as Elliot. I feel like it'd be easy on streaming sites now. Where did you watch this movie? I watched it on uh I watched it on Amazon Prime. Yeah, it's so, it must be so easy to go back and like scratch yeah. out his name. <laughs> yeah. Well in you know when you pause on Amazon Prime or Hulu and like it gives the actor credits mm-hmm. for like the people in the scene. Yeah, on Amazon. That's all that's changed to Elliot. And like when you click on the thing and like look at the summary, it's it's Elliot. But like when you're like obviously like the the credit scroll is is his dead name. Mm. So it's like okay, I I don't know. I don't know how hard that would be. I don't know how easy that would be. It's just like it has to be easy enough. Yeah, cuz it's just like one word. Right. And we're living in a world where like coming out should be something that's made easier yeah. by systems rather than like oh you're going to be constantly reminded of your dead name and like all of the shit which you probably yeah don't want to be identified with the day um elliot came out x-men changed everything over in their movie for dates of future past Love. which is like wow it's almost like it was planned which I don't think, obviously, I don't think Did the movie was. come out recently? Disney Future Pass came out, like, uh, like uh, seven-ish years ago. I think we were in high school. Um, I think we were, like, juniors in high school. So, like, maybe, like, six years ago. I don't know how many. That's, that's long enough ago that they they still, like, Juno was what? Like, 12 years ago? Yeah, like, yeah. Six years ago and 12 years ago. It's many years ago. Like, they could both yeah. change it. Crazy. Um. But very interesting. And this brings me to to a conversation that I was really thinking about and I'd love to hear your thoughts on. I think as we're interpreting this movie, like how, like we said, we're separating Juno, the character, she, her, and Elliot, the actor, he, him. Um, but is there a world where we can sort of interpret this movie as the story of like love between two men? Like a cis man and a trans man. I guess, yeah, because like we, because like we just went over hairspray the episode before, and like we interpreted, um, the relationship between Edna played by John Travolta and Wilbur played by Christian Walk Christopher Walken, um, as the relationship between two men. I think it's almost like, it's almost like drag. It's not quite because it wasn't intentional, but I guess since we are looking at two men on the screen, albeit one of their characters is a woman, it's still two men on the screen. I think we could interpret this in that in that fashion. Absolutely. It's very similar to the Hairspray conversation, right? Because the actors are two men and whether or not like who they're playing, like at the root of it, there's like a very queer sort of heart to it and obviously that wasn't the intention because Elliot wasn't out at this time at least to my knowledge wasn't out to to directors and, and such mm-hmm. um but 
certainly from this point of view, I think it's very interesting. And they wrote Juno. Like, Juno's a very subversive character and is a very subversive take on femininity. He's, I mean, Juno is a, a very, very masculine presenting female. Absolutely. Like, to the point where you almost... You could watch this movie without knowing whether Elliot came out or not. And, like, yeah. it would keep you guessing. Right, right. Like, short hair, like, you know, flannel sort yeah. of jeans. Hot. Oh, very hot. I was, I was attracted to Juno as I was attracted to a man. The whole movie, I was like, mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yummy a little bit. Yeah. Um, But, absolutely, like, there's certainly... Like, Juno as a character sort of throws us all into a tizzy because... Like, she's not a traditional woman, which I think is probably why Elliot was such a good fit for this role. Um, but I don't know. I just, I definitely think there's something really interesting about that, especially because then we get into the conversation of, like, men who can get pregnant, which is also something we don't really consider or think about. It's like, and when we do consider and think about it, it is put on display for the entire world to see. It's a medical mystery. Yeah. Like, it's so, I remember, like, there was literally a TV show, like, my, something like My Husband's Pregnant. Something. Oh, my God, I remember something like that. And, like, my dad was just watching it the other day. And it was just like, wow, like, people are just watching this, like, as if they were going to the circus. Yeah. Like, why put their bodies on display like this? I think, and I think because people are so obsessed with, in quotes, passing. Yeah. And, and that's why I feel like people are so fixated when they talk to trans people about their body parts. Yeah. Which is such an exploitative and tokenizing and inappropriate thing to focus on. Yeah. But, but that's idea of like, I think, people when you think of a trans person you're like oh like you know this binary of have they fully transitioned or not and transitioning is and you can obviously speak on this far more than me but transitioning is different for everyone and it looks different for everyone and it's very possible that there are men who can be pregnant like that is a very like common thing um and i just think people aren't comfortable with that so i really enjoyed watching the movie and thinking about it that way because it made it very empowering to watch. Yeah. Um, and, like, speaking of, like, people's obsession with, like, trans people's, like, body parts. Like, on Tinder, I, when I match with somebody, I think we start talking, whatever. Um, after, like, a couple days of us talking, like, when I finally tell them that I'm trans, I literally have to say it. I have to say it all in one breath, one one message. I'm like, Hi, I'm trans. Yes, I know you're wondering. Yes, I have a vagina. Mm. Like, because, like, I don't want to put up with the questions. I don't want to put up with them being curious. Yeah. Um, and also, in general, I think there is a societal obsession with trans people, mm. considering we're literally, like, what, like, 1% of the population? Yeah. Like, less than that? And it's such a big issue. And I conservatives know. love it. They, they love it. They love the bathroom stuff. They love the sports stuff. Just literally shut up. It's so easy for them to pounce on, um, and that that may. And first of all, like I think, I really celebrate and think you're really. It's really empowering that you do that. Like you take charge and you sort of control the narrative in your own life. And like I think that's really wonderful and like brave of you. Like yeah. all tea. 
Um, and I was, and there's, I, I went to college and they, there's this like Facebook group where you can like anonymously post stuff. Um, and someone posted like, you know, like I'm a gay man and I'm like romantically attracted to trans men, but like, I really like penises. So like, am I being transphobic? And that's a very interesting conversation. I'd love to hear your take on it. But someone commented like, it's your right to be attracted to whatever body parts you want but it's also then that person's right to be upset that the thing that turned you off was their body part like their genitals like that's you know what i mean yeah i think it's like the same sort of thing and that like and that like you're not like being attracted to like big muscles or being attracted to like skinny guys it's like fine that's what you're attracted to um and like you can't really change that but there's more to that there's societal pressure you are being told you've been told your entire life that this is what's attractive so like is it are you really is this really what does it for you or have you just been told and like brainwashed and like do you have these preconceived notions into like what you think is attractive and unattractive right right because then someone else commented on the post who was like, so you're only attracted to people when they tell you that they have a penis? <laughs> like, it yeah. just doesn't, the logic doesn't quite add up. And I understand the the root of it, but it doesn't really make that much sense. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think like, I don't know. I, again, I think going back to, to Elliot, I really enjoyed his performance in this movie. I think, did he win an award for this? Probably. He was either nominated for an Oscar or won. I don't... It's very Oscar-worthy. I think he might have won. It seems like Oscar bait. I should have Googled this. Oh, it totally is. This is like original indie movie (laughs) vibe. Um, But he did a really wonderful job. I think the acting in general with this movie was really wonderful. It's very subtle and very human. Even Michael Cera. Right. Who normally is like very geeky on Michael yeah. Sarah. It was very he very nuanced performance and like I know that boy. Yeah. I know that boy. With those shorts. With those fucking With shorts. that deodorant. With the deodorant in between his legs before he ran. I wanna try that. Please. <laughs> I have hairy legs, so like they don't Do rub you chafe? together. No. I chafe. I chafe my nipples, if I'm being completely honest. That's like The like, Office. Have you seen the office scene from The Office? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a tape over his nipples. Yeah, 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 I remember that. Like, if it depends on the shirt I'm wearing. Interesting. Like, I think it was it was early on in my transition, so I think it's just because they were, like, my, like, breasts were growing. Oh. So, like, maybe I'm fine now. Let's do an experiment. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> with your teeth, yeah? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I don't chafe, luckily. I I don't even really know what that feels like. Chafing, it feels like ugh, like burning. Like, it feels like rug burn. Oh, it feels like no, rug. no. It's just your skin rubbing. You know when you when you do this. Yeah, you yeah, touch yeah. Touch your skin like you're like killing your ass. Like that. What do they call it when you like? Oh. They called it some. You know what they called it something really racist. Yeah, they did. But when they when you hold onto someone's wrist and you like twist it. Yeah. They definitely called it something racist. Yeah. I, I don't remember. know what it, I don't remember exactly what it was. Yeah. Um. Oh. oh. But you know what? Back to Bleaker, I think there is like thinking about them as two men. There's also a very like subversive gender dynamic between them, right? Where Juno's like rather masculine, and Bleaker isn't feminine, but definitely more feminine than Juno, and like submissive almost. <gasps> yeah, submissive. Like, he's like when Juno's like, uh, "I'm pregnant." 
Bleaker's like, well, what do you want to do? Just like very like letting Juno take the reins mm-hmm. of the whole situation, make all the decisions. Which I I really appreciate. And I was, you know, I was looking, when I was watching this movie, I was thinking a lot about like femininity and women and sort of like, cause, because pregnancy is something that has now been done in movies a lot. I feel like Juno was sort of, a trailblazer in the department, but there's certainly a lot of tropes about surrounding pregnancy that we've gotten used to. Like the man, especially in real life, like the man sort of like abandoning responsibility and having the woman deal with it. I feel like that's the sob story that we're used to. Right. Um, But it was a very nuanced take to have Bleeker be like, what, like, should I come? Like, what do you want me to do? And, And like putting themselves, putting himself like, um, for Juno to decide because it's her body and she was in control of the situation, which I really liked. And that's why I was like, this was written by a woman um, because they did a very good job with that. But I really appreciated that Bleeker did that. And yeah, certainly has submissive energy. Um, something else I was just thinking about with the relationship between women. I so enjoyed the like relationships between the different female characters yeah like juno and alice and janey's character like yeah. her stepmom like obvi- like again like the stepmom trope is like disapproving and and like uncomfortable and in this relationship like juno and her stepmom had like a fondness for each other and they protected each other and they helped each other um juno and vanessa this the surrogate mom like juno was there for her even when mark was like being a pedophile yeah um so weird so weird and like i'm glad they didn't go the route of like jealous wife yes because we often see when like the husband is like a a predator the wife is like oh well it's your fault for wearing that skanky outfit and i was so expecting that to happen the movie almost set it up especially with the stepmom being like don't interfere right like don't get in the middle of a married man and juno's like i can be friends with a married man which i was like same you can not Mark because he's trying to have sex with a sixteen-year-old. Oh my god, that was a so... pregnant sixteen-year-old. That was so wild. <laughs> and you know what? It was very like we've talked about this before. Like older gay man, younger gay man. Juno just wanted someone to have and like and and find comfort in. Like that scene where they like danced and like Juno hugged him, and it was very like touching almost. It was almost that, like, exploiting Juno's vulnerability and, like, her 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 neediness in that moment for being in such a difficult situation yeah. reminded me a lot of the relationship between, like, older gay men and younger gay men and sort of, like, the exploitation that happens. Um, one point I loved was when um, Juno was like, I'm going to give the baby to a lesbian couple. Yeah. Which is like so funny and like so indie of her to say. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of those moments. Yeah. A lot of very queer throwaways. Yeah. Like when Vanessa was at the mall with her friends and she was like, oh, I'm just here with my girlfriends. And the friend was like, oh, you're gay. <laughs> I love the friend character, Leah. <laughs> Leah. She was like the light of this movie. She just gave it. She came in for a couple scenes. Her with the math teacher. Oh my god, her Keith. Just, her <laughs> randomly dating Keith or whatever. That was so funny. Another character with a great relationship to Juno. Supportive, there, like not jealous, not weird. Like yeah. just a very whole she was a wholesome character. Yeah. I really appreciated her. Um, and another queer throwaway line, which is almost like foreshadowing real life, was when Mark was like, Oh well, the baby only has two choices, male or female. Mm. And then um Elliot was like what did, and then what did Juno say? 
Juno said she drinks a lot, so the baby might be intersex, mm-hmm. which is like, which is like weird. I miss that. Yeah, it was like, I don't know. It was like so funny. She was like, um, "Oh, the baby might be born without drunk," which like isn't <laughs> even like true to like the intersex like experience, right? Um, and then Mark was like, "Please give my baby junk or something like that," which is like you're thinking about your child's genitals. Oh, I do What's remember the that now. I do remember that. Yeah, it's very weird. And, and again, like their relationship is very, very strange. Um, oh my god, when Juno rolled up in the car and like Mark looked out the window and like smiled. Yeah, it was just a lot of little moments like that. A lot of little moments and very, very interesting. Like they build this relationship. And again, I don't, I did not remember this movie. I, I don't know what I thought this was about when I was watching yeah, same, it when I was a same. kid. Um, because it was, I was very surprised at all of this. Um, but it was, oh my God, woof. Like, and, and I'm just very glad that, like you said, Vanessa wasn't this jealous wife character. And, um, and also at the end, Juno, like, saw the situation the right way. Like, that Mark was, like, not who she was dealing with anymore. Right. Like, she was dealing with Vanessa. And I really, uh, it was so powerful, like, Juno's obsession with, like, the perfect married couple, like, man and woman, like, happy in love. Like, and, and by the end of the movie, she understands that there's more nuance to love. And, like, Vanessa's going to love the baby, and that's what matters. Mm-hmm. Like, not the love between a man and a woman. Yeah. Um, I just loved, it's so funny because in the beginning, like, Mark and Vanessa's relationship seemed so wholesome and, like, yeah. so, like, loving and, like, definitely, like, that perfect home to give a, a mm-hmm. child to. Very wasp. Yeah. Oh, and what I loved was Juno didn't really have any of those moments, like, where she felt attached to her baby. Mm. Like, when she didn't get the abortion, she said it was because of, um... The dentist. It's, it reminded her of the dentist's office. Oh, that's tea. Wait, let's talk about that after the break. Okay, we're back. Do you think this movie is a pro-life, <laughs> pro-pro-life propaganda piece? You can very easily interpret it in that, in that way. Mm-hmm. I read something saying Elliot... Page in, a, in an interview said that it was not supposed to be interpreted as a pro-life movie. And I think when you really look at it, you can see that that's true. Yeah. Because that one, the one, all babies want to be born. All babies want to be born. So Juno goes to set an abort- <laughs> appointment to get an abortion. And, you know, she shows up and there's this hilarious character who, who like sort of puts this thought into her head that babies have fingernails. Right. And she I obsesses. remember that movie from when I was I remember, I remember the fingernails. When I, was a kid. I remember yeah, the yeah. fingernails. Um and Juno like obsesses over this and can't do it because she's sort of this character Su Su Chin, Su Chin. Something like that, yeah. Um implanted this idea um in her head and she like saw the humanity of her baby. But I also would agree with Elliot. It didn't seem to me to be pro life. Uh-huh. Um it was just sort of like I think it's more about like being sixteen, like the fact that you you don't know how to make decisions. Um, it's a lot bigger. It's a bigger decision than simply like 
valuing the baby's life or not. Like yeah. it's what you want to do as a person, which is what the pro-choice movement is about. It's about having bodily autonomy, not about forcing yourself to go through the pregnancy. Yeah. Like Juno was not forced. She made an, a, a decision based off of like what she wanted to do. Um, and, and, and that was it. Um, thank God I can't get pregnant because <laughs> I don't want to deal with that. Um, would not want to be pregnant. Right. Okay. So me, me and pregnancy. Um, <laughs> me, at, me and pregnancy, me and pregnancy, my new we, autobiography. We go way back. Um, <laughs> so as a transgender woman, obviously I can't experience pregnancy. Yet. Yet. I mean, there are trials in like Scandinavia. Really? Yeah. Where like transplanting a uterus. Oh. And it's just like, I'm sitting here and I'm like, would I want to ruin my body? Would I want to go through another surgery? Would I want, even if I could naturally get pregnant, would I really want to go through that? Mm-hmm. And like, I'm sitting here and I'm like, maybe not. That's a commitment. Yeah. And, and it's not just a commitment to nine months. It's a commitment to like, like you sort of said, your body's changed forever. Yeah. And if you're, if you are ready to have a child and want to naturally conceive and, you know, give birth, like, all power to you. Like, that's a great decision and I'm proud and happy for you. But, like, that's... Yeah, that's that's a lot. there's a lot of miseducation about pregnancy, too. Yeah. And, like, I don't think they tell us exactly what it does to your body in schools. Like, I've seen a lot of stuff on TikTok that's, like... Um, that just, like, I don't know, a lot of things can go wrong. Um, yeah. It can have a huge toll on your body. Like, both, like, just being pregnant and giving birth. Yeah. C-section scars, stuff like that. My mom is always like, you guys ruined my body, <laughs> which is like, Literally. so funny. Um, no, think, same like, thing. It's like, oh, I gained five pounds after you and 10 pounds after you. Yeah, yeah which is like hilarious. Um, it can't be easy. Yeah. It can't be easy to give birth. And it's just like, oh, mom, so- I think like children wise, like for me, I'm thinking like two kids that like my husband, like, create somehow one of those ways <laughs> makes Obviously, a potion makes a potion throws in some like like voldemort like yeah. throws in like some of harry's blood <laughs> um, my <laughs> his friend, hand my friend even said um she would like give us our, her eggs because like we're very oh. close with the family so like it would be like it'd be like my egg anyway if i had eggs i would donate one to oh you oh my god thank you so much dan <laughs> i love that I have some uh, yolks in the fridge. Oh, um, they're chicken, yummy. but you can have all of them. <laughs> yeah, I'll crack it. Scramble. <laughs> I'll crack your egg. Ooh. Um, that's really nice. Yeah. It's a bit. And also, like, as a queer man who might end up in a relationship with a man, it's a, it's it's also, like, a interesting relationship I'll have to children. Do I want a child? Get back to me in 10 years. I can't make that decision right now. You'd be such now. a good dad. I always tell you. I would love it. Uh-huh. I, I would low-key love it. Not now. Not when I was 16. No. Okay. The amount of people who are who have babies and then are our age. I know. How? A lot of people. A lot How? of people. I... I'm too self-involved. <laughs> I just... You don't see queer people doing that. No. We're, we're on the next level. You don't see um, unneeded pregnancy. Yeah. I saw a TikTok of this woman. Oh, I saw the same yeah, one. She, she was like on a beach or like on, in like a uh, on the water cabin or something. She was like... Here I am, drinking wine. It's 4 p.m. Could not do this with a child. <laughs> Everyone always asks me if I feel bad for not having children. Answer is no. <laughs> Which, like, I, I, I sort of feel like that's me. But at the same time, 
there's something so wonderful about the experience of raising a kid, not when you're 16. Yeah. There's no... I just can't imagine any situation in which you're ready for that. And that used to be done for thousands of years. Yeah. Mary in the Bible, I think, was supposed to be 12. No. Do you no. never hear about this? I never heard about this. No. And Mary was supposed to be like no. a very young no. girl. No. Yeah. No, no, no. No, I know. 12? Like something like that. There's a lot of interpretation that say well, Mary Well, she was a love. virgin. She had to be young because yeah. people were having sex all the time. Yeah. And like, think about it in that time, in that area, you get like, you get married off pretty young. 12. Yeah. Well, it's like what God would impregnate. I'm just saying, I'm a Catholic. I'm just saying, T. God, God made a, a 12-year-old girl get pregnant. Oh, my God. But that happened all the time. That yeah. was just like what it was back then. No yeah. one would have had an eye. I always see these memes that are like Mary discovering she's pregnant. And then like her quickly writing the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, look, look. Oh, my God. My yeah, let's see. God, God did yeah, it to me. <laughs> look, look, Joseph. But I, I know a lot of people who that's the norm. And it's not in our the, where we grew up. Like, yeah. it's not the norm for kids. Obviously, it's not the norm anywhere anymore for high schoolers to be pregnant. But even, like, 18 to 22, in a lot of areas of the world, that's normal. And that's, yeah. like, culturally what's what's sort of standard. Definitely not where we grew up in our culture. Yeah. Um, but it's, like, I, I could not imagine. I could not imagine being a parent right now. Because, like, we're, I mean, yes, we're adults. But also, I'm a, I'm a baby. I'm... I, I'm a baby. I'm just a little kid. <laughs> How am I going to have a baby when I'm a baby? I shit my pants. No, thank you. <laughs> How am I going to clean up someone else's shit when there's shit on my pants? <laughs> I can't. Uh, we were talking about health class, and it just made me think of this one scene from the movie where they're, there's like, they're in health class, and the teacher's like rolling a condom down a banana. That never happened that never to happened. us. We grew up in New York. We're not in Texas. <laughs> we're not in alabama we're in new york yeah and our health teacher did not do anything well you had the health teacher everyone else had i had one of the gym coaches i had the female gym coach. no no i did that crazy woman okay, no crazier than our health teacher <laughs> but like she literally was like it was flooring the lack of information we learned. I do not. I do not remember learning anything. Granted, I tuned that class hundred percent out. Ever Good. since that health teacher told me that she went on a date with a man who had a rocket ship tattooed on his penis, <laughs> and she said that he had a rocket penis. That is what a teacher said to me. I was in tenth grade. That's and too young. That's too young. That's I don't need to hear young. about your boyfriend's rocket penis. <laughs> <laughs> I have my own rocket penis to deal with, yeah. ma'am. Um. But learning from her, oh, I knew nothing. A student taught the gay unit. A student. This, this is, I need you all to listen to this. Literally, we had the whole, the whole entire, like, curriculum taught by this inexperienced woman who did not know what she was talking about. Clearly, she was being told to, like, not tell us everything, to water down the truth, et cetera, et cetera, about drugs, sex, everything. And then it came down to the gay like lgbt section and our two our two friends who like we're very close friends with gsa they were in gsa right who were straight two straight girls straight cis women yeah came in to teach the gay unit that is our high school in a nutshell that is love these two girls to death 
But that is our high school in a nutshell. That is unacceptable. Yeah. That is unacceptable. That is really bad. I do not remember anything about the gay unit other than learning that they exist. And I was yeah. like, bitch, I knew that. Um, why don't you tell me? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Sitting in the class in the back when I was like trying to pass the street. I was like, don't look at me. Don't look at me. Um, but I think about like, you know, when they talk about our parents talk about like the health that they grew up with and they were like, oh, but things are so much better now. I'm like, no, no they, they weren't. I remember, all I remember learning about is STDs are terrible and you will die. If you get AIDS, you're dead. If you, if you get, if you smoke, you're going to have cancer. Like, that's what I remember from health class. I think it did, it did a very good abstinence. job at its, at its goal, which was forcing <laughs> abstinence, which, um, which also happened to me this morning. I was shamed. Please share. I was such shamed by my doctor today. Because I I came in with a UTI and she was like, maybe if you weren't so crazy, and she looked me, she looked me up and down, you wouldn't be coming in here with these UTIs. And I think that was her way of like shaming me into safe sex, into abstinence, which is like literally shut your mouth. You're a grown motherfucking woman. I'm like, literally 22. You have... We have sex. Like, let's let's be real. And second of all, I don't even really have sex that often. <laughs> I've used, I've had my vagina for like what eight months or something. But at this point, maybe oh. something like that. Maybe seven. Maybe wow. I'm being dramatic. It feels like yesterday. Yeah, it does feel like yesterday. I've only used it one time, and it was really sweet. It was a really sweet encounter, actually. I don't know if I ever really told. Oh, I did tell you. I did tell you. You did. Dan does not have, like the encounter. I have different opinions than <laughs> sweet, but I'll let you have it, baby. I'll let you think it was sweet. Uh, but, uh, but yeah. Your doctor slut shamed you. I'm like, you're a doctor. Yeah. Like, mm, you should know better than that. It's just kind of like, wow. Also, it also as someone who's I don't know if you watched my TikTok about this experience. I did, I did. So, as someone who's experienced healthcare as both a man as as a boy, I should say, because I wasn't an adult, yeah, and a woman, um, women get treated like shit. Yeah, I was like literally no one would ever, and then my doctor went on to like basically say I'm being overdramatic, basically be like, you're lying for attention sort of thing, which is an, expe which is an experience that a lot of women have. Mm -hmm. Like when I got my nose job, um, I was asked to like scale my pain on a scale of like one to 10. And I said like five, six. And then she was like, Oh, it's not that bad. I was like, I'm telling you it is though. That's T. And you know what? It made me honestly hearing that made me check my own experiences because when you texted that experience to me uh -huh. i haven't seen the tiktok yet and i sort of interpreted it through the lens of like queerness uh-huh not through the through the gender sort of conversation and i was thinking about my own experience and i had not faced something like that luckily i go to a good doctor yeah. and she doesn't she also doesn't like gay men me. get slut shamed often true by healthcare but, as well. but absolutely but even I, like when i watched your tiktok i was like oh shit like perhaps i haven't experienced the same level of shame because i'm a man like Perhaps that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, like men, period, gay, straight, bi, queer, anything in between are assumed to be more sexual in that you give them a pass like to do that versus like being a woman where it's sort of like, honey, like you got to wait for marriage. Yeah. Um, also, if like you're not cooking <laughs> muffins with that pussy, like put it away. Period. My dad, my, my mother, uh, when I came home and like told her about the experience, she looked me up and down. She was like, 
Maybe it's because you're kind of dressed like a slut, which is like the relationship we have. So like it was fine because I had just got a spray tan. I just got my nails done, which are beautiful. Your nails look really great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm wearing like I'm wearing a really cute top, but like it's a crop top and it's the middle of the winter. So like maybe <laughs> maybe it was justified. Um, maybe she has a point. Maybe she does have a point. But also like uh, it was just like, wow. But also, I really love that you're just dressing to impress because I want to dress like a slut all the time. But I have. I work with children, so I can't do right. that. Right. Um, I bought a really like, do you know what see-through shirt I just bought? Oh, I the the Rococo. Yeah, the Rococo Chanel. Um, you know, Coco Chanel was a Nazi. Do I have to change my Instagram caption? <laughs> you always saw your Instagram post, and I was like, do I ruin this for him? <laughs> no. Do I ruin his day? Well, it's a good pun. I'm gonna keep it. Yeah, it's yeah, a good yeah. pun, and I'm reclaiming it. I'm Jewish. I'm allowed to do it. <laughs> um, but I was like, when I was showing my mom it, she was like, when are you going to wear that? And I was like, oh, well, to my students. She was like, really? I was like, no, mom. You could. If no, you, like, I could wear a jacket. Not. Right, if I covered it up. <laughs> if I didn't you could wear it if you didn't through. wear it. Yeah. <laughs> As an undershirt. If I did not wear it, I could wear it. No, yeah. you're right. Wait, so does the ruffles, like, could you could you put a shirt on over it and, like, pull the ruffles on over? Or is it, like, adhered? It's attached to the... The whole way down. It's attached to the the buttons i think got you got you um i think i'm gonna look at my instagram if you want to taste um but yeah no i i have not been slut shamed i'm also not i don't i'm not that girl i don't um thinking about having sex stresses me out i would much rather sit in bed um nine times out of ten i i sort of back out of that experience but um i'm so sorry you had to experience that today that's really unfortunate um and i'm still like I know we were like moved on, but I can't believe that we are so we were so uneducated in high school. I literally am floored that we had two straight girls who I love. <laughs> love you. Teach us about gay sex, gay everything. Meanwhile, I was sitting here, I was already out as like queer in high school. Gee. Um, like why didn't they ask me? That's a good point. And you know what? There is you know what I thought of like good for them for doing that. So a queer person did not have to be tokenized into being like, oh, here's the gay guy sort of talking about anal mean. sex. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, that would have yeah. been sort of like, of course. And of course, like, it's good that two cis het women like got up there. I'm assuming they're cis het. I don't know. Yeah. Um, got up there and, and did that for us. And we didn't have to like out ourselves or like they took that space, which was great. But also we know you're not getting pegged, honey. Like you don't need to talk about anal sex to period, us. Period. Um, but I remember nothing from high school. Yeah. Um, madam, I would say we can rank the boys in this movie as we normally do, but there's there's not many. Yeah, there's like four boys. It's the dad. Yeah. Who's like okay. J.K. Simmons? Yeah. Who's an older man? Yeah. Mark, he's attractive. Jason yeah. Bat- Bateman in this movie. Mm-hmm. Chef's yeah, kiss. He's beautiful. Yeah. He's very beautiful. And then Michael Sarah, who is Michael Sarah, so we don't have to touch yeah, more on he's that. He's in his own category. Yeah. He's S rank above everybody else. He's like, you know what he he reminds me of? Uh huh. Do you know that little guy from Madagascar who's like King Julian? <laughs> <laughs> That's what Michael Sarah looks like. Please, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. Have you seen the pictures of of Michael Sarah? Um, post Polly D makeover, Boop. he went on like the Jersey Shore or something, no, and like no. I got like a Guido makeover. It is hilarious. That's so funny. 
funny. It's so funny. I will be looking at that right after we get off this podcast. Um, but you know what? I'm going to include Elliot on the list of cute boys. Who's like much more attractive than like a lot of the other men in this movie? Mm, certainly Michael Sarah. Yeah. Oh, I, I, like first thing, like the first few minutes of the movie, I was like, he's so cute. Yeah. Very attractive. The whole walk with the Sunny D. Yeah. Very cute. Very, very, very cute. attractive man. Yeah. Um, Liliana, baby boy. What? <laughs> <laughs> this gendered on my own podcast. No, I know you didn't mean it like that. I know you didn't mean it like that. Right I think there. I meant to say baby bop, like the Barney character. <laughs> Wait, I don't remember the I'm so sorry. Was baby the, bop? You don't remember was baby bop? The green one? Yes. Right. Which low key, you are baby bop. <laughs> and I'm, um, I'd probably be Barney. Uh-huh. I was going to say I'm BJ. Remember BJ? That's the yellow dinosaur yellow with the sneakers one. and a hat. I would want to be BJ, but I'm Barney. Love. <laughs> I'm that big fag. We should watch Barney. I feel like we've said this before. Barney, Blue's Clues, Blue's Clues. Thomas the Tank Engine. Yes. That's yes, my yes, childhood yes, in a nutshell. Those were like the TV shows that were on when you didn't have cable. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, uh, Cyber Chase. Cyber Chase yeah. with Gilbert Gottfried. Who? The man, he's like, he has that, I was going to do his voice, I can't. He's like that very, like, nasally, he was the bird. In, in Cyber Chase. In Cyber Chase. Oh, yes, yes, yes. He's like yeah. a very squawky voice. Yeah. Um, Cyber Chase. Yeah. What other PBS show could we watch? Um, the one where they're, like, history, the history people, and, like, there was that really attractive, like, American Revolution I don't remember that. Person. We have to watch Dragon Tales. Yes. Between yes. the Lions. Yes, I think I remember that one, yeah. Um. Oh, there has to be some gay stuff with the puppets. Yeah. Some gay kissing. Um, <laughs> we could come... Okay, in that vein, there's a lot there. If you have... If, listeners, if you have any other PBS shows that you'd want us to, to review, let us know. Yeah. Um. Let us know. Um. But what... <laughs> I will not misgender you again. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, it's okay. What was a moment that made you queer? Um... I think I related a lot to uh, Vanessa um, in to that, like, I also, like, will probably be going down the route of surrogacy um, and that I'm going to have to trust uh, another woman with, like, my baby, oh essentially. My um, and, like, I'm definitely going to, th- as I said earlier, I think I'm going to go that route for, like, some of, the, some of my children because I want, like, around three or four children. It's so like two like biological kids from my from my husband, and then like maybe one or two adopted kids, uh, because like there's so many babies out there who like need homes, and mm-hmm. it just like breaks my heart, and I feel like I would be doing the world a disservice being in my situation and not adopting a baby. I um, I I sorry to interrupt. Oh I God, hear that. Yeah, but also the way that queer and trans people have that like forced responsibility because you know what i mean we have to clean up after straight people who have babies and then abuse them literally send them into foster care and people have the audacity to be like queer people can't be parents like they're too subversive like i'm so sorry that we're adopting people yeah children they're not people yet (laughs) (laughs) they're babies Um, we're adopting children and you're just spewing them out yeah like fucking lava period i'm sorry i interrupted you um, so I think a lot of that, um, and then that whole conversation with, like, my relationship to pregnancy, and I definitely related to Juno, 
because like uh sometimes i'm a little i'm a little bit of a tomboy you know mm. a little bit more masculine which like is so difficult for a trans woman to be mm-hmm. because if you're not practicing hyper femininity then like are you even trying <laughs> sort of thing and like i guess trans men experience the opposite because mm-hmm. like we hold cis men who paint their nails and wear dresses and wear skirts and dress in maid costumes on right. such a pedestal. But when we see a trans man doing it, it almost invalidates their gender. Like, oh, if you're a man, why are you, if you're a so-called man, why are you wearing that? Right. Sort of thing. You know what it makes, it reminds me of, um, just the fact that I'm talking about like as a woman dressing up in, quote-unquote more masculine clothing uh-huh. like it's sort of like normal like you see women in jeans and flannels yeah. like but men wearing like dresses and skirts that's like the most subversive it all goes down to like misogyny and billy yeah. porter did a really great interview where he was talking about it like it's you're basically saying that women are disgusting like when you're saying yeah. a man in a dress is disgusting it's because you're saying women are disgusting you're electing to be feminine right why would you want to be feminine? absolutely and then like when it's a trans person doing that there's such so many more dynamics at play and like the fact that the fact that we have like the fact that people feel an urge to police people on gender expression in the first place baffles me and then to police someone who like has been so brave and like sort of like empowering to like be authentic and to like choose how they want to express themselves to be like i'm sorry you're not doing it right who the fuck are you just let my mantra is just let everyone do whatever they want literally not affecting you like neo pronouns yeah i mean like neo pronouns i just don't care yeah i don't know why there's a discussion about it i don't know why there's a big fight you can do whatever you want i'm gonna respect you i literally I literally don't care. Right. Do I understand neo pronouns? No. And I'm not going <laughs> to pretend to. Um, do I think it possibly invalidates pronouns? Maybe. But you know what? I don't give a fucking shit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. I literally. I just don't care. I just can't break myself to care. Right, exactly. I just like, <laughs> who gives a fuck? Yeah. If it doesn't personally affect me and hurt me, I, I, I can't comment on it. Like, yeah. This is not my place. Um, so what are some moments in this movie that influence you in some queer moments? Um, thank you for asking. You're welcome. Um, I, I think, honestly, I just related a lot to Juno. I'm not totally Juno. Like, I think uh, Juno's a lot drier than I am, a lot more confident than I am, way more confident than she I am. She doesn't give a fuck. No. And it's really, I, I think Juno is like, has a lot of qualities that I want. Mm-hmm. But I think the qualities that she has, I really admire. Like, her humor and her grace. And, like, um, I don't know. I just thought she was, like, a really compelling character. And so I think for me, I just, like, really identified with Juno. Even though it's, like, the whole point is that she's going through a situation that I physically will literally never go through. Like, I will never be pregnant. Um, sorry to break it to you all. <laughs> I will Spoiler not... alert. Spoiler alert for the next um, 80 years of my life. Um, but I, regardless of that, like, the character was so honest, and I think that is pretty queer. Like, like relating and, and feeling close to, like, a, a female character, 
um, even experiencing like a a experience that I won't ever face. Like it still was really like touching and and it was a character that I don't know. I just very felt very like like a kinship with. Right. Um, and that was like I felt that with a lot of female characters growing up. Let's be real, but Juno especially, um, I did. Yeah. So that was one for me. Um, yeah. so now it's come to the time we have to rank this movie. Okay. On our scale from twink to productive member of society, where do you put it? I think this is, um, I put this at around like an A, like a gay productive member of society. Mm-hmm. Um, still gay, still but gay, productive, but productive for sure, for sure. Um, straight passing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I hate art. I hate it, but I love it. <laughs> um, obviously, it's satirical. Mm-hmm. Um, straight being good, gay being bad right it's a joke people please don't come for us yeah please calm down snowflakes yeah we might hate gay people but it's okay because they deserve it <laughs> yeah we're self-hating i gay. can't say it seriously i just think it's such a funny joke to, to hate gay yeah. people anyway. um so yeah 8.5 a um uh maybe maybe not a 10 maybe not a 9 because i didn't understand it as a kid mm-hmm. um but and it isn't like and it's a little it's different than what i remember it's a little less like crazy and i love a crazy movie um but yeah what do you think what's your what's your ranking um i'm agreeing with you okay, it's I like an that. 8.5 like it might even be a 9 for me no no it's an 8.5 not 8 um it was very good and i i again like was not expecting to enjoy it so much but uh-huh. it really was like a treasure to watch i was laughing i i was crying like i had the full scale of emotions yeah i think what i was missing from it was it's it's slow it's purposefully slow which i like um but there could be more to it um and also i appreciated the sort of take they had on love uh-huh. and her being with bleaker but i sort of would have cut that whole thing because bleaker wasn't a very big part of the movie no, so i feel like it could have just like no. been like a one-off like pound and leave a p- pound and abandon yeah <laughs> as it normally is Period. um and i i like again that bleaker was a man who was caring and and was a great example of masculinity in that respect um but also i wish the movie didn't focus so much on like, like, the big revelation at the end was that, like, she had someone who loved her. I was like, yeah. you're 16. Yeah. You're not going to marry him. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think for that reason, it's not a 10. But it was a great, a really good movie. And if you haven't seen it in a while, I highly, highly recommend. It was a really good watch. It deserves a rewatch, for sure. It deserves a rewatch. I think this movie does, like, a funny memory trick where you remember it differently than it actually is. Right. And also, like... Now we can look back on it 12 years ago and it's a nostalgic film. Like the fashion, yeah. like they wear skirts over jeans. When Iconic. was the last time you've seen that? <laughs> That's yeah. so 2008. Leah especially had a lot of great fashion moments. Oh, yeah. Juicy. She was wearing juicy yes. like tops and shit. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. We never mentioned pork swords. <laughs> How could we not mention pork swords? Um, that was the funniest thing ever. Right. Juno calls the men running. She's like, I can't. I can't unsee their their dangling pork swords. And that is such shorts. a scene. That might have been a gay awakening for me. When they're jogging and all their dicks are swinging. Yeah, I was like, 
Wait, why do I feel like this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dun, dun. Um, yeah. Oh, Pork Swords. Yeah. Um, but a very nostalgic movie and definitely one that like was a really good fit for for this podcast. Like I think it it, it was very 2008, super reminded me of my childhood um, and and queer. It, yeah. it ticked all the marks. Yes, sir. But baby, baby girl. We have, <laughs> <laughs> I call back. <laughs> Cancel me. Um, we've come to the end. Yes, we have. Um, so sad about it. Yeah. Aww. This is a good one. Um, but thank you all for listening so much. We yeah. appreciate and love you. And we were hugging you from afar. Mm-hmm. Um, we're slurping on your pork swords from afar. What did you say? We're slipper- slipping? <laughs> we're slurping. <laughs> if your pork sword was here, I would enjoy it. It'd be wet. It would be wet. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the sound way. of our voices, it would be <laughs> dripping. Yeah, I was dripping. speaking of, I got a vibrator that apparently <gasps> my physical therapist had the same one, and she said put a towel down. Uh, so uh, pork uh, swords will be dripping. <laughs> <laughs> that is an image, honey. Good for you. Good for you. Thank you. I need thank to you. get one for myself. Yeah, period. I've been, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Please. I have... Oh, um, I do not have a vibrator uh-huh. or a a sex toy. Toothbrush. But I do. No, I'm not that bad. Okay, good. But I do have a phallic shaped um, oh, massager. No. Oh, well, that's like a, that's probably a vibrator that you have. It's just not meant for it. But uh-huh. I'm using the handle. I've used, not <laughs> using it as we speak. <laughs> I right used now you're the... sitting on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I used the handle. Um, Please. It was really not my best work. Um, can't uh-huh. believe you got that out of me at the last minute of this podcast. <laughs> anyway, um, thank you for listening. Yeah, um, oh my God. If you enjoyed, um, please leave us a review. We uh-huh. are on all of your podcast locations. Period. We are on the Spotify, the Apple Podcast, the other places where podcasts exist. Probably not your weird places because yeah. you're a freak if you watch this. But. Yeah, like if you're watching this on like podhub.gov, <laughs> like we're not there. <laughs> .gov. <laughs> the government would never sponsor us, honey. <laughs> but if you're listening, which they always are, we oh, take yeah. it. Please. We take that. We take that sponsorship. Um, leave us a review. You know, like tell us what you liked. Tell us what you also like. Tell us what you like about us. Yeah. What you like about us. Like all and that stuff. Maybe how pretty we are. You know what? I wasn't going to say that, but we need a confidence boost. Every Shame now and us then. for a pretty privilege. Please. Please. <laughs> I need to be put in my place. Please. <laughs> please. Just like Dom me. I'm a brat for you. <laughs> Please. Please. Um, but leave us a review for sure. Tell us what movie you wanted to watch. If you have any questions about movies that we've talked about or our experience, drop us a question. You can also find Rainbow Rewatch on a lot of apps. We are on uh, Instagram. We are on TikTok. We'll be posting original content and previews of our episodes at Rainbow Rewatch. Um, you can also follow us individually. Let's get Liliana to 200,000 um, TikTok followers. Let's please, do it. Please. Won't be that hard. No. Be that hard. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> You're right, though. Um, but anyway, like that's, like, that's it. And love you, baby. Bye. Bye. Bye.